0: You're listening to The Quince Podcast.
1: As the de-escalation process was reportedly underway, border tensions between India and China spiked after the worst clash in almost five decades in Ladakh's Galwan Valley, which is in the edge of the disputed Aksai-Chin area controlled by China but claimed by both countries. More details have been emerging from the incident a day after it first got reported. Initially, India's military said only three Indian troops had been killed in the clash but late on 16th June, A military spokesperson said that 17 other Indian soldiers had succumbed to the injuries sustained in the clash, raising the death toll to 20. Indian news agency ANI reported that Indian intercepts revealed 43 Chinese soldiers had been killed or seriously injured, although Chinese media did not reveal the number of casualties on their side. But as Indian troops were involved in this violent face-off, in a significant development in Pakistan, all services chiefs made a rare visit to the ISI headquarters together for a briefing on national security. What could Pakistan possibly be up to at a point where India is engaged with China at the LSE? Is India prepared to deal with both fronts opening up? For this podcast, we spoke to retired Lieutenant General A.K. Singh, Manoj Keval Ramani, a Fellow of China Studies at the Takshashila Institution, and Manoj Joshi, a Distinguished Fellow at the Observer Research Foundation. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Shorburi. Since the beginning of the standoff around April end and early May, Soldiers have been clashing at the Himalayan border without firearms. The reason both armies patrol without firearms is because of confidence-building measures agreed upon by both nations to minimise risks of a flare-up. Even in the recent clash, what reports say happened is Indian and PLA soldiers allegedly went at each other with rocks, iron rods, clubs and fists and even sticks with barbed wires. Multiple reports indicate that there was a lot of hand-to-hand combat involved and some soldiers were pushed off or fell off the cliff into the freezing water of a flowing river. The clash reportedly began after the Chinese troops got ready to withdraw from the border in a phased manner after de-escalation talks. The commanding officer of 16 Bihar Regiment had gone to the standoff point with 50 soldiers to check if the Chinese troops had indeed retreated. And as the troops proceeded to demolish the illegal Chinese structures on the Indian side of the LAC, the PLA soldiers returned in larger numbers to attack the Indian troops. Perhaps to build a political consensus on the recent developments at the India-China border, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has now called for an all-party meeting on 19th June. However, in a video message to the nation, he said that although India wants peace, it is capable of giving a befitting reply if provoked.
2: Bharat. सांस्कृतिक ग्रुप से एक शांतिप्रिय देश हमने हमेशा से ही अपने पड़ोसियों के साथ एक कोऑपरेटिव और फ्रेंडली तरीके से मिलकर काम किया है हमने हमेशा ही यह प्रयास किया है
3: इंडिया इज अ We have always worked with our neighbours with a friendly and cooperative outlook. We have always ensured that differences don't turn to disputes. We don't provoke anybody. But we don't compromise with India's sovereignty. I want to assure the country that our soldiers' lives will not have gone in vain. For us, the unity and sovereignty of the country is the most important and nobody can prevent us from protecting India. Let there be no doubts about that.
2: नहीं नहीं जाएगा। हमारे लिए भारत की अखंडता और संप्रभुता सर्वोच्च है, और इसकी रक्षा करने से हमें कोई भी रोक रही सकता. इस बारे में किसी को भी
1: But as these events unfolded at the Indochina border, there have been some notable developments in Pakistan as well. All services chiefs in Pakistan made a visit to the ISI headquarters for what Pakistani media Dawn described as a quote-unquote rare briefing on national security. The report said that the services chiefs normally meet at the forum of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Committee and that they had not met since July 2018. But the report also said, and I'm quoting one line, quote, military leadership expresses satisfaction over the agency's preparedness to counter India's sinister designs, end quote. The ISI has been giving briefings to the political and military leadership in the past few months in any case, but as the report says, quote, these briefings have assumed special significance because they have been taking place amid escalating tensions with rival India, end quote. Given that Pakistan and China have long been strategic partners, even as the deaths of the Indian soldiers were reported from the border, Pakistani Foreign Minister Shah Mahmood Qureshi claimed on Pakistani channel Geo News that the responsibility lay squarely with India and that India should not have constructed roads in the region. Retired Lieutenant General A.K. Singh helps us understand the level of cooperation and coordination between these countries that has been developing over the years, starting from Pakistan's nuclear weapons program to protecting Jashim Muhammad Chief Masood Azhar from being listed as a global terrorist.
4: Well, uh, till the end of the Cold War, Pakistan aligned to the USA and the Western Bloc. Also joining alliances like Cento and Seattle and in the war on terror. But slowly, Pakistan got disillusioned when the US did not side with it in the Indo-Pak disputes and therefore decided to join uh, the anti-India-China camp. It assured benefits to both. For China, it was a good way to tie down India to the subcontinent and prevent it. From becoming a challenger or competitor to China. Hmm. For Pakistan, it brought some immediate benefits, especially in its nuclear program, as also a flow of defense equipment at reasonable rates. Hmm. This Sino-Pak nexus has now taken more vigorous shape. Pakistan has leased a port at Gwadar to China, in addition to a number of commercial projects to Chinese companies. Bulk of Pakistan's military equipment is ex-China origin on easy terms. The CPEC corridor runs through Gilgit, Baltistan, connecting Karakoram to Gwadar, is one of China's most ambitious belt and road initiative. They have recently announced a most ambitious project to build a dam in Gilgit, Baltistan, costing a whopping U.S. dollars, 5.8 billion. India has, of course, objected to this illegal activity in an area that India considers its own and which is an illegal occupation of Pakistan and now China's activities. There are other instances of part China Elusivity, where China even went to the extent of blocking a resolution declaring Masood Azhar a terrorist in the United Nations. So that is the kind of path China nexus that is developing on either flanks of India.
1: While India has been engaged with China in Ladakh, Pakistani forces have been pushing for state-controlled proxies to destabilise Kashmir and also conducting ceasefire violations along the LOC. There have been consecutive days of ceasefire violations from the Pakistani side in May, the last one being from as recent as 16 June in Jammu and Kashmir's Kubwara district. We've also been reading reports of encounters between the Indian army and militants in Kashmir and on 16 June itself, three militants were also killed in one such encounter in the Shopian district. Now, given the circumstances at the border, should the meeting at the ISI headquarters be of any concern to India, what is Pakistan possibly up to at this point? Manoj Ramani, a fellow of China Studies at the Takshashila Institution, says that any face-off between India and China serves Pakistan's strategic interest, but the probability of Pakistan intervening in a high-intensity conflict is low.
3: The, one of the reasons for this was obviously to keep India occupied within the region with Pakistan as a uh, rival, fundamental rival, uh, and that was one of the key sort of components of the China-Pakistan cooperation over the decades. But uh, this cooperation has changed. So military, which was a dominant component of it, still remains extremely important. But but at present, with CPEC, China's stake in Pakistan has expanded, uh, and not just economically but also strategically. So there's joint training between the two forces at different levels. Um, there's weapons development programs which are happening uh, together. Uh, there's deeper naval cooperation. Uh, in terms of CPEC and the route that it provides, energy is one component of it. Um, so there's a broader strategic partnership that's developing uh, and it's deeper than it was before. So the relationship is much more important as, as it stands today. Um, as far as the meeting that you've referred to, I'd assume that it would be useful for, Pakistani, for the Pakistani leadership for their own purposes to, to take stock of the situation amid the recent events, given that uh, tensions between India and Pakistan have also been uh, high for a while now. Um, but I think it's important for us in India to remember that, look, any conflict between China and India at any scale of any scope or of any duration serves Pakistan's strategic interests. It keeps India occupied. It weakens India. It takes India away from what is our fundamental objective that is to transform the lives of hundreds of millions of Indians uh, and become a powerful economy and a powerful state which provides for the well-being of its own people. Um, moreover, sort of in any scenario that you can conceptualize, the probability of Pakistan intervening uh, or engaging in a high-intensity conflict, like an all-out war with India. I don't think that's very high. There's always a possibility, but I don't think that's very high because, and the reason that I say that is because look, um, when you can see India occupied with a powerful adversary in China, um, and you can actually use low intensity or subconventional warfare to impose costs on India, instead of actually increasing your costs by launching a full-scale attack, uh, you'd probably do that. Of course, these are all very neat and clean uh, distinctions uh, which don't necessarily work on the ground in terms of real conflict situations. And as we've seen that, right, something can rapidly escalate in the fog of war. Um, So these calculations for either side aren't necessarily easy to make.
1: I also spoke to Manoj Joshi, a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation, who said that although Pakistan-China nexus is a strong one, currently the cooperation isn't too significant And speaking of destabilizing activities in Kashmir, he said that it's a usual occurrence at this time of the year as the snow melts.
0: The level of cooperation between Pakistan and China is not particularly significant now. Of course, they have a very good relationship. Uh, But if you look at in terms of conflict uh, during the Kargil war, the Chinese did not help the Pakistanis very much. Despite the fact that uh, Nawaz Sharif first made a visit uh, to Beijing and then when the Chinese didn't help, he had to go to the US. Uh, right now, I do not think there's anything particularly significant. There's a lot of talk about the coordination in, in, because both uh, claim territory, uh, which is close to the Indian uh, uh, border, but uh, I do not think that the cooperation is particularly significant. Uh, i think what is happening in kashmir is something that happens uh, on a regular basis uh, at this time of the year uh, when the snows melt uh, you have more infiltration coming in and more activity uh, and more uh, and the violations along the line of actual uh, of line of control are really to aid the infiltration so i do not see anything unusual in pakistani activity in jammu and kashmir but whether india is prepared to deal with both fronts opening up That is another matter. I don't think so.
1: But with China being belligerent and Pakistani military going into a huddle, is India prepared to deal with both fronts opening up? General Lee says that India is already active on both fronts, even if it's not engaged in acts of active hostility.
4: Well, in a way, we are active on both fronts already even though we may not be in a state of active hostilities with either China or Pakistan. Let me state up front that the Indian armed forces are fully capable of dealing with such a situation as exists today, having taken into account such a scenario as part of its contingency planning. The Indian state, also has other instruments like diplomatic and political, which come into play to prevent such a scenario from coming to pass. Hmm. But ultimately, the armed forces have to be prepared for such a worst-case contingency.
1: Hmm.
4: Though let me state, full-blown hostilities on both fronts is quite a remote possibility.
1: If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavon, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com.
3: Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.